2: welcome to episode 220 of a love food podcast. I am Julie Duffy Dillon, registered dietitian and partner on your food peace journey. I am so glad you're here. Thank you for connecting today. And if you're over on Instagram and we connect there, my Instagram handle is food peace dietitian. I just want to say thank you to all of you who wished me a happy birthday. The week that I'm recording this happens to be the week of my 45th birthday. And so I let you all know that I was celebrating and I was sharing some of my experiences walking into the world as pro-aging instead of anti-aging. So if you didn't check out the post, check it out. I want to know your thoughts. But I also just want to say thank you so much for the sweet, sweet notes that you left me. And um, yeah, I'm excited about the next Half of my life, you know, because now I'm officially in midlife, and um, it's it's a wonderful experience to be able to stay alive. And the older I get, the more grateful I am to still be here. But onto our show for today. Today's episode is featuring a really neat letter, and neat sounds really cheesy, but I don't know how else to describe it because it's different. The person who wrote today's letter did it in the form that kind of coincides with the movie, The 10 Things I Hate About You. And this person wrote The 10 Things That They Hate About Food and dives really deep into their complicated relationship, all the facets from growing up and and the culture with food. And when they notice things like when they're on vacation and just don't diet, how they end up experiencing the opposite that they would expect. I wonder if that's ever happened to you. I know it's happened to many people, and I'm excited for you to hear from Alex Raymond, a dietitian that I've gotten to know over the years. I think you're going to enjoy getting some insight and steps forward, especially if you relate to this person's letter. But before we get to um, hearing from Alex and also this episode's letter, I want to give a quick shout out to our sponsors. It'll take just 60 seconds, and we'll be right back. This episode of a Love Food Podcast is brought to you by my PCOS and Food Peace course. If you experience PCOS, I know you've been told you have to diet and you probably have more than 10 reasons why you hate food because it has gotten so complicated and chaotic. I wonder what it's like for you to experience those constant, intense, primal carb cravings that are just famous with PCOS. Although many people I talk to didn't know that they were a part of PCOS. They thought it was just them. No, there are really many different things that um, PCOS affects in your body. Every cell of your body is affected by the hormonal imbalances. And I know you're told you have to diet to basically try to help these hormonal imbalances, but I know there is another way. You don't have to feel tortured anymore with food. Check out my course, I Made It Just For You at PCOSandFoodPeace.com. All right, enough of all that. Let's get to this episode's letter and hear from our guest expert, Alex Raymond. Dear Food, 10 things I hate about our relationship. Number one, I hate the attractional pull you have on me, no matter my emotional state, happy, sad, scared, anxious, lonely, and how much energy it takes to resist that pull. It's easy to give in, but then you repeatedly tell me how weak I am for giving in. If I do manage to walk away, you leave me feeling drained by all the effort, thoughts, negotiations, and willpower required of me to be strong and walk away. Number two, I hate how insecure you make me feel when I'm around you the feeling of self-doubt during the analyzing process checking to see if what i want to eat and what i have available to eat are within my macro allocation goals i can't make up my own mind about what to eat anymore some days i just shut down completely and would rather eat nothing and fast for the day number 3 i hate how you make me feel like i am a letdown when I do not track your macros and micros and water and fiber constantly, routinely every single day. Just turn your judgmental eyes away, and I am happy to ignore your judgments and ignore the situation. Number four, I hate how you make me think that my body is being deprived of nutrition. You tell me, quote, I need more, and quote, get two to have one as a backup when grocery shopping. I have not been in a state of needing to portion my food to prevent starvation. I do have a pantry, fridge, two freezers, and storage room full of nutritious foods. Yet still, you speak to me in ways that say, quote, it is still not enough. Number five, I hate how, out of nowhere, you carry the delicious smells of good food, both sweets and savories. This constant tease of my senses triggers my thoughts and actions into downward spirals. Yet again, another opportunity for you to lure me into the depths of desire in my senses and leave both my body and mind feeling like I am complete and utter failure. Number six, I hate how you have deeply ingrained an unspoken rule of following the quote clean play club. Yet my family did not even follow this rule. Where did you even sneak this idea into my thought patterns? Is your influence so powerful that I see and hear your voice coming out of my friends' eyes in their homes? I don't want to be rude, so I eat it all. Number seven, I hate how I rationalize my mind to accept the portion of treat I have allotted myself, indulging in a purposeful and intentional allocation of a treat. You, with the deprivation mindset, then counter with, why not have two pieces instead of one? It's only a small amount more. You can exercise it off later. And then I agree. But that's not the worst of the situation. It's the downward spiral of thinking that I have completely gone off the rails today. So why not have another cookie or two or three and some wine? I want balance and positive lifestyle habits, and you are holding me back from forming these more positive habits. Number eight, I hate how you are always the center of attention in all conversations and meetups with friends. Co-workers, neighbors, and family. Coffee to start our workday. Potluck for teacher conferences. Unlimited drinks at the neighbor's holiday party. You say, quote, bring a healthy item for everyone to share. Then when I arrive, your Cheshire cat smile comes out and you whisper, Well, now that we're here, you must try the meatballs and the cheese ball and the stuffed dates. Number nine. I hate how ashamed you make me feel. When I am expressing my needs and desires to, to loved ones in regard to food. My satiety is not the same as anyone else. My cravings are not like anyone else's, yet I feel judged and ashamed when expressing my truth to others. So I hide and hide food, sneak eating food. Not only is this affecting my relationship with you, but also my relationship with money. I am also hiding purchases in my finances. Oh, you've taught me so well. Lastly, and hardest of all, number 10. Most of all, I truly hate how you leave me utterly speechless at all inclusive resorts when traveling out of the country. I can eat to my heart's content and mind's content and drink unlimited adult and non adult beverages and return home a week l- later, weighing less than when I left, feeling happier and lighter. Seriously? This leaves me to wonder, do you take your vacation from harassing my thoughts every time I plan and go on my vacation out of the United States? Why must you harass me at home? When can you cut me a break at home? Why don't you take a vacation and I will stay at home reading by the fireplace? Sincerely, hating our relationship. P.S. I know this note is long and has a lot in it. I need your help and advice and some next steps. Could you prompt me with some journaling to dig deeper into some of these topics and share other resources and books and podcasts to check out for more information? Thank you so much for reading. Hey there, letter writer. I love the format of your letter. I'm so glad that you dug deep into all the little nooks and crannies with your complicated relationship with food. We all have lots of different interesting pieces that when we put them all together, it really shows why our relationship with food can be so exhausting. There's so many different moving parts. So what we're gonna do now is we're gonna give Alex Raymond a call. She's a dietitian that I know, and I think she's gonna have some insight and some next steps for you. Hello. Hey, Alex. It's Julie Duffy Dillon. How are you? Hey, Julie. I'm good. How are you? It's so great to talk to you. It's been a long time, and I'm excited that you're going to be able to discuss this letter. This was a really fun letter to read, and a totally different one. So, did you get a chance to read it yet?
3: Yes, I did, and I agree. I I thought it was so creative. You know, I absolutely loved reading it, and just really appreciated the letter writer's point of view and how she kind of let us in and was super vulnerable about her relationship with food.
2: Yeah. It was like a neat way to organize it. And honestly, I never saw the movie 10 things I hate about you. Did Mm -hmm. you you see it?
3: Yeah. (laughs) Okay. Uh, Yeah. I saw it and I loved it. So the other thing I was like, well, I have to rewatch the movie, you know, to do research for uh, this podcast. So, um, (laughs) did you?
2: (laughs) Yeah, I did. Yeah. (laughs) That's so fun. I I need to watch it. Um, But yeah, I never, I never saw it. So I'm like, I bet it's even better if you've seen it before. So (laughs) Mm -hmm, yeah, (laughs) that's awesome. Well, when you were reading through it, I mean, this person, the thing that's cool about the structure that this person used was that like, it was able to really go into many different parts of their struggles and what they hate about food. So what's your general impression about what this person's experiencing?
3: Sure. Yeah. So for everyone, I guess, who haven't hasn't seen the movie, um, at the end of the movie, there's a scene where Julia Styles' character is reading a poem, you know, and basically the poem is the 10 things that she hates about her love interest. You know, so she talks about how he, she hates his combat boots and his hair and, you know, the way that he makes her laugh and cry. And the last thing she says is that um, she hates him because actually she doesn't hate him, you know. So it was interesting because I felt like, you know, even though there were two completely different topics, I still felt like there were a lot of parallels between, you know, that letter and this one. Um, You know, throughout reading it, I could see kind of this like push-pull relationship that she has with food, you know, and really, you know, frustrating and conflicting emotions You know, and it's almost like there were moments throughout the letter where, you know, I was kind of thinking, okay, maybe here she can find a little bit of food peace and food freedom. And, you know, then diet culture, you know, pulled her back in. Right. Right. Yeah.
2: It's um, it has so many different like nooks and crannies. Right. (laughs) That it can do that. Um, So. That is so cool. I'm glad you told me about the movie and how it ends like that because that makes this letter have even more meaning for me reading it as, you know, just this bystander reading it. Because, but yeah, like if if in the end, like having this like hatred towards food, but really we need it to survive, you know, we and it's normal to love it, like it's normal to feel pleasure and satisfied. And, you know, I picture Julia Stiles. Um, you know, saying that about her love interest in that kind of same way. So, um, mm-hmm. yeah. And I think that's so hard when we feel like food has ruined us or food has kept us some things or food has like filled our thoughts and distracted us from living our life to also have to admit like that as a human, we're like wired to actually love food. And like, oh. that's part of like why it's there is because it does keep us alive Um that's why it makes this this so hard. Well, when you mm-hmm. were reading this person's letter, what were you thinking were some steps forward for this person?
3: Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. So throughout this letter, um, there were places where she mentioned, you know, different kinds of social, social gatherings and almost um, it sounded like she was kind of held back from fully enjoying them because she had this like diet culture on her shoulder, you know, telling her what she could and couldn't eat. And especially the last, Uh, point, the 10th thing really stood out to me, you know, where she talks about traveling and going to all-inclusive resorts and, you know, being able to kind of eat and drink with more freedom, you know, and um, she was saying that when she gets back, she's feeling happier, you know, and she also then connects that with being lighter. So, um, you know, so, well, the first thing I think, especially with this point that I would want to explore is like, where is that happiness coming from? You know, are you happy because you enjoyed yourself on vacation and you were able to take care of yourself and, you know, diet culture was less present, you know, and maybe it's not actually connected to the weight at all. Um, or, you know, I'm sure a little bit, but just kind of like exploring what it would be like to enjoy vacation and maybe not get on the scale and just say, okay, that was happy and I had fun and I had a good time. And then, you know, that's kind of a long way around of explaining how I got to this. But then what I started thinking of is, you you know, the social events and traveling and how, you know, those actually connect with a lot of my values. So something that I think would be helpful for the letter writer to explore is her own values, you know, and how her relationship with food might connect to her values and then how her relationship with food might prevent her from living, you know, a value filled life. Mm hmm. Yeah,
2: because I can certainly see all the things that this person outlined, like how that would conflict with what we could imagine they value, right? Mm-hmm. Um, how does that like how does that shake out? I guess moving forward? Like what if someone is like, okay, I see food um is keeping me from living my values, like what do people usually do next?
3: Sure. Yeah. So definitely I, I do this with my clients a lot in session and kind of exploring that more with them, you know, Mm -hmm. and really talking about specific examples where, you know, they may have kind of this food related event, like a dinner party, you know, and where food might get in the way of that. Um, So usually we kind of start out with discussing their top three values, usually I give them a sheet of values, because I think it can be hard to kind of think of off the top of your head. Um, And then they actually might go through and circle all the values that they align with, you know, Um, I ask them to be careful about, circling values that they think they should align with, you know, because I think our culture puts pressure on us to, you know, value things that we might not actually value. Mm -hmm. Um, And then also put a star next to, you know, the values that diet culture, where it kind of might overlap. Um, I use health as an example, you know, I think if someone, they might truly value health, you know, and feeling good, you know, emotionally and physically, but I think diet culture takes that value and definitely twists it a bit where, you know, it becomes scary and Mm -hmm. not actually quote unquote healthy. Um, So that's kind of the starting point. And then, you know, from there, and when we have the list of the top three values, we'll talk about them more in detail, you know, and talk about those specific examples where the uh, food might kind of contradict with them. And again, where food aligns with it.
2: Yeah, that's really cool. I bet that's a lot easier to do with another practitioner instead of just by yourself. So, so yeah, for anyone listening who can relate to this letter or the person who wrote it, you know, I hope you have access to someone. And if not, you know, there's ways you can do it on your own, but I could see like doing it with another person probably would make it so much easier to kind of like get out of your head and be able sure. to connect those dots. And we have something on the show called the Food Peace Syllabus. And if you're new to the Love Food podcast, it's a list of resources like books, podcasts, movies, anything under the sun that helps your relationship with food to be more aligned with food peace and you can get the latest copy at juliedillonrd.com and alex is there anything that you would like to add to it
3: yes so i was thinking the happiness trap um which is a book about act or acceptance and commitment therapy um it was funny because i was listening to the podcast that laura newman was on and i think she also mentioned act in it so i really like this book and i think it would be helpful for you know um clients as well as clinicians, just to get some tools and resources to use. And ACT talks a lot about value-based work. So um, I just wanted to give a little bit of a disclaimer, though, because I'm not, I read this book a long time ago, and I don't remember if it is weight-inclusive. You know, Mm -hmm. Julie and I were talking before, and we were kind of talking about how the uh, founder of ACT isn't necessarily weight inclusive. So that's just something to keep in mind if you do decide to read it. Yes.
2: And I know there's many of our colleagues who are working on that <laughs> to try <Yeah. laughs> to educate and educate and educate. But yeah, I mean, that's just, frankly, I think it's good to know whether or not there's even um, fat phobic language or not, but just knowing that the point of view, the person, you know, it, isn't coming from that perspective. And I mean, it's, it's where we are right now with so many tools is having to always sift through and pick out the parts that are safe and the parts throw away the parts that we don't want. Um, Mm -hmm. And, you know, I know there's um, a few resources that I'm going to put at the end that are weight inclusive. I'm going to search for after I pause. And um, so we can include one that we know for sure is, but I also know so many people who, um, benefit from ACT. So I'm glad that you mentioned it. I'm glad you put it on there for sure. So thank you. Anything else you'd like to put on there?
3: Yeah. So I know the letter writer asked for a couple of journal prompts. So on our website, we actually have some resources and one of them is, you know, a list of journal prompts and the value um, activity in journal prompt is actually on there too. So I thought that could be a good thing that the letter writer might be able to reference to see if any of those help to kind of spur some, you know, thoughts about her relationship with food and to work to heal it.
2: Right. Especially if they don't have access to working with like a dietitian or a therapist, what's the mm-hmm. best way to get to that um, web that those resources?
3: Yeah. So it's courage to nourish.com slash resources. Okay. And the two is spelled out. So it's courage to nourish.com. Awesome. Thank you. Mm-hmm. Yeah.
2: I really appreciate all this insight and compassion and expertise. And if someone wants to find out more about your work, Alex, where's the best place for them to go?
3: Yeah, of course. So, you can go to my website, which is courage to nourish.com, and then also my Instagram page, which is courage.2.nourish.
2: Got it. So the 2 mm-hmm. is actually the number that time. Or no, uh, no,
3: it's still spelled out. It's yep. still spelled out.
2: Okay. yeah, got it. I'm so glad. I, I'm so glad that I said <laughs> that because it would have been written down wrong. So courage. <laughs> dot okay. to nourish. Um, I got it. And so, again, thank you so much. I really appreciate it. And um, I hope you have a great rest of your day.
3: Yeah, you too. Thanks for having me on.
2: So there you have it, letter writer. I hope you got some things to help you move forward from my conversation with Alex Raymond. We are rooting for you. Um, I would love to see a a 10 list that includes the things that you are able to connect with when you're less distracted by diet culture, but I also hope you find the support to rally to be able to fight back against diet culture. I see that food is written back, but before we get to Food's letter... This episode of a love food podcast was brought to you by my PCOS and food peace courses. Check them out at PCOSandfoodpeace.com. If you enjoyed this episode of a love food podcast, I would love it if you left a rating, a review, subscribed, or shared an episode. Doing any of those acts of kindness really helps the show grow. And I do personally have a goal of getting to 1,000 ratings and reviews in order to help me find a literary agent. And thank you so, so much for helping me reach that goal. All right. So until next time, take care. Dear 10 things I hate about you. Our relationship is pure and mutual. How did it go wrong? I have a guess. Someone or something has been meddling, fucking around on the back end, telling you lies, and making you second and third guess yourself. Someone or something has convinced you not to trust me, and then I'm out to get you. You're not the problem. Food is not the issue either. Let's call it out. Diet culture is the problem, and it's everywhere. It's in the air we breathe. There is another way, and it isn't always safe, but it's worth it. Choosing food peace will reconnect us and more importantly, reconnect you with your values and joy. We can't wait to see how you experience life while not distracted by diet culture. Love food. Thank you for listening. I am Julie Duffy Dillon, and this is a Love Food podcast. Do you want access to more food peace? jump on over to my website and join my email list. There, I share exclusive content that I don't share anywhere else. Get access to these tips and strategies by going to juliedillonrd.com forward slash sign up. And I look forward to seeing you here next week for another episode of the Love Food Podcast. Take care.